When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, old, young, new, crusty, whatever you are, however you identify yourself, welcome back to Game Dev Unchained Podcast, the number one podcast for learning the truth behind what goes on in the video game industry. As always, I am the host with the most, Larry Charles. I got my best friend, my co-host, my road dog, my right-hand man, Mr. Brandon Pham. Hello, what's up everybody? This is the podcast where every week our production value goes a little bit higher. So welcome <laughs> to this episode. Today, uh, why don't I introduce uh, who we have to? So we went to college with this guy. He's an extraordinary artist, incredible dancer. He's got a great smile <laughs> and he's got that year-round tan. <laughs> yeah. It's our homeboy, Kayla Chuck. How you doing, Caleb? What's going on? Thank you guys for having me. I pre- That's a great intro. I think I want to use that for any time I do anything in front of a crowd. Just, yeah. just I, play this if, I, if I can have that, I'm taking it. Yo, you Seth can play it. You got it, dude. <laughs> just plug us in the, at the show. Uh, you, you got it, man. Yeah, we appreciate you setting some time aside to do this with us, man. Oh, no problem, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to uh, be a part of something that's going to be... Uh, it's gonna be pretty big, I assume. You know, whenever you guys, do, I know whenever you guys put your mind to something, that is probably gonna be super amazing. So, to be out at the forefront, like, super down. You like that slick way he called our podcast small? He was like, I assume yeah. it's gonna be big one day. You know, <laughs> it's small now, but it's 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 getting big. Like again, you guys, you guys are smart. You guys like know what you're doing. So, whenever you guys put your mind to something, I know it's like you should definitely invest in it as well. Yeah, we appreciate that you can recognize talent. So we're very thankful. You'll recognize real. <laughs> All right, so Mr. Brandon Pham, uh, if you don't mind, can you tell the listeners why exactly that we're bringing Kayla Chop to the podcast today? Because there may be one or two people out there who actually already don't know about this young man. Well, Kaylin Chalk is an amazing environment concept artist. Uh, we started college together, but he was able to circumvent like a lot of the things that a lot of our listeners are very interested in. He was able to create a job for himself, work for himself, work outside of the industry while being in the industry and being able to create indie projects while sustaining steady income with teaching, with all these side projects that he's doing and calling it as it is. I assume he's working at tops two hours every week and the rest of the time, he's enjoying life. And I- <laughs> yeah, nobody plays as much soccer as this dude does <laughs> yeah. to still be fully employed. <laughs> yeah. I, do, I do love some soccer. I will say this. going to go in the willy-nilly of everything. Kalen Chalk is the real freelance. Like, we had that running joke back in the day where you saw people on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> I am a vice president of Freelance Association. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, just got a, I just got a promotion. Yeah, my one-year anniversary for, for doing Kalen Chalk Company Freelance. <laughs> no, but Kalen's the real thing. 
when we say freelance, he actually is securing his art contracts. He actually is doing work and getting paid for it fully, doing concepts, doing paintings, doing teaching, doing tutorials. I mean, what else is there for you that's untapped, Kaylin? Um, I think the, the last thing, I guess for me, is to probably, well, I guess if you guys don't know, I'm working on my own video game with oh. a friend, and um, I'm trying to get that out uh, probably or probably a summer of next year, and I, and I think when that comes out, I think it will definitely turn a lot of heads, so I'm excited to get that out. So. Plug it in. What's the name of the game? Um, the it's game called is- uh, Liege. It's L-I-E-G-E. Um, I'm making it with it's actually a two-man team. It's me and a guy named John Ree. Um, the game company is called Coda Games, and it's a tactical RPG. Um, he was working on... I met him through kind of the art community, kind of like on and off. And uh, he he was working in finance, really, really weird. Uh, working in finance in New York for like years and years, making really good money. But he wasn't very happy, so for like three years he made a prototype for a game. And people were like, man, this game's tight. Like, you should you should put it on Kickstarter. So he asked for, like, I think, like, $15,000. And he ended up getting, like, eighty-five. And then one of the tiers was, like, if he got past sixty, he would hire an artist to, like, to redo all the art. Because he's not an artist. He's a programmer. And then he found me because I used to always do fan art of, like, my favorite RPGs. And so it just turned out that I did a fan art of one of his favorite RPGs. So then he hit me up and was like, we should work together. And so we've been working together for the past uh, two years. Uh, actually, we were, at, we were at Boston Fig, which is an indie game uh, indie game conference, and we actually won Best Visuals. Ooh. So uh, I, do, <laughs> so, I do all the artwork. And the art's not the same. Yeah. You, you won Best I Visuals. I love Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, uh, Did you hear the humility in this guy's voice? <laughs> oh, no. Like, I honestly, really I was great. very surprised when John was yeah. like, dude, we won Best Visuals. I was like, how? The art isn't even that. It's not even, it's not even finished, nor do I think it's good. Um, so that was like good to know, but um, we got greenlit on Steam, and uh, Sony actually wants us pretty badly for the Vita because they they see the potential, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people are just waiting for the game to come out. So I, I think it's going to be great, not because of the art, but just because of the story and the design. Mm-hmm. And so um, most games that fail isn't because of the art. You know, art's always awesome. It's usually the design, how the game plays, how it flows. And I think we, we focused a lot of time on that instead of the art. So I have a good feeling it's going to be successful. Um, not because of pretty art, but because of, like, it's a solid gameplay. That's what we're all about. So that's the only thing I haven't done yet. And I, I would like to be able to put my, my stamp on RPG games because I grew up playing those as a kid. So I'd like to be able to, you know, do something like that if I can. Gotcha. It's very interesting that you got this contact through your love of a mutual appreciation and he found your fan art. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I used to joke on people who just did like fan art, you know, all the time. But why would you say your art sticks out, you know, in a particular way where somebody would come to you with a, a credible job offer like this? Um, I think anything is just passion. I don't, I don't think it even has to be good art. Mm-hmm. I just think it just has to be like passionate. Because I think there are people that do fan art, but like they're doing it because it's popular. You know what I mean? Like they're doing it because this is hot right now, so I'm going to do a picture of it. Like, to me, when I was doing this kind of drawings, I don't do a lot of fan art anyway. I just did, like, one painting. And it's, like, as a joke. And it's just, like, oh, this is my favorite character from this game. Wow. And if you guys know this game, right? It's, like, like that kind of thing. And I think, like, because he knew that I was a a genuine fan of, like, those kind of RPG games, like, Mm -hmm. he got that from from the art that I was doing. And he was, like, I want to hire this guy. As opposed to someone that's, like, I'm 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 not a fan of it, so I'm not going to 
So I'm, I'm going to do fan art of it anyway and try to get some likes. Gotcha. It, it, it would be like me doing like fan art of Blizzard and like Dota and like League of Legends. Like I don't play I don't play PC games at all. So like I don't I don't know about Blizzard games. I don't know about them. I know all the artists that work on them. Like mm-hmm. the art's awesome. But for me to try to like do art for that, like it it would come off as like kind of just like silly because it's like I don't I don't understand it. You know sure. I mean? Yeah. I, so I think I think it's the passion. Like the, the, he could tell that I was like the, I really like those kind of games, and we could go on and talk about it for hours. And he's like, okay, he's a legit fan. He's not like a person that's like I just need some some likes on Facebook and shit. Uh, you you've humbled me with that answer, man. Because like I said, I used to laugh, but I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all about the passion. You're passionate people people will find you like like-minded people that are passionate about the same thing will will usually find you i think that's what that's how it kind of came to be he was like oh you like rpgs i was like dude i love jrpgs like like tactical ones i'm like dude i love them he's like all right we should work together because he, he had plenty of people um that he was going to work with too that i think were better artists than me i would in my opinion mm-hmm. but i think it was because i was passionate about that he knew that like when shit gets real that i want to be down to like Go the extra mile, you know what I mean. Plus, he gets free QA and design out of the deal as well, right? Like, if you have experience with those game genres versus someone else who just churns out art, he's the only person he can really bounce off of. Where with you, you have experience, you have familiarity. He can say, "Hey, Kalen, what do you think about this? What do you think about that?" Has he ever asked you for your input on some of the features of the game? Oh yeah, we've talked about it before, and and it's it's easier because I can reference things from certain games that we both have played, you know, and be like, hey, remember this part? Like we should do it like that, and it's like, oh okay. I mean that that that'd be the equivalent of like hiring someone that like wants to work at like Riot, right? Like you can't hire me to work there. Why? I don't I don't play I don't play League of Legends, right? But if you hire someone that's like a good artist and plays League of Legends. They're gonna know how to create characters that are gonna fit in the game, you know. Yeah. I mean? Instead of just creating cool art, they're gonna be like, "Oh, this could work like this and this and this," right? You, you get more out of it. Gotcha. It's like emotionally invested. Yeah, cool. From that, and you just have the compatibility. Uh, you guys probably hung out. He probably talked to you. You're a cool guy, and not everyone that is an amazing artist has a good personality that you would want to work with. So, yeah, I think I- that above everything else was. This guy's yeah, not a serial killer. Talked on Skype a few times and Google yeah. Hangout, and yeah, we definitely got along. Um, that's one thing that you really can't teach is kind of a personality. <laughs> I, I, always jo- I always joke with like my friend AJ. I always say we talk about a personality mentorship. <laughs> it's like, <you laughs> teach people how to not be weird. But my my conclusion to that is it's sports. Yeah, people that are usually socially awkward did not play sports. That, yeah, that's yeah. My, that's my theory. It's probably <laughs> wrong and stupid. But this is my theory on it, and I'm to this day I I, I think that I'm right in my head. So far, so good. Shaking their so head. Far, so good. Because <laughs> I think most of my contacts and like most of my opportunities have come from me playing basketball mm-hmm. and me playing soccer with people that also work in the industry, mm-hmm. and then like just being cool with people. Like if 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 you can be cool with someone on the basketball court, like they'll they'll probably be like, oh, you looking for work, and then they just be like, okay, I put your name in the system. Like it's like stuff like that. It's really really like. Cool it's tip. actually it's actually how I got um, uh, Hanway. Remember Hanway? Yeah, Hanway. Lynn. I, got, I got him an art test through someone I played basketball with at, at the EA basketball court. Wow! And, like we were playing basketball, and like we never talk art whatsoever. We played basketball for, for a long time, and then one day he's like, "Oh, we've been looking for a new artist. Like, you know anyone?" And I was like, um, "Check out this guy. He's one of my old students. Like, he just graduated. He's, he's pretty cool." And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna give him an art test, right?" And it's just like. It, yeah. Had I not like played basketball, right? You know what I mean. It's like yeah. one of those things where, like, if you can learn to be cool with someone 
and not like expect anything. Yeah. Then when when they do want something, like if you do want to get something from them, like they're more likely to give it to you as opposed to just me meeting you right now and being like, "Hey, Larry, give me a job," yeah. right? Just be like, "Oh, like I need something from you." It's yeah. like let's be friends first. Let's see if I like you as a person, and right. then we can talk about that stuff. Well, that's a huge point too, because like you know, let's let's rewind back to GDC when we were all students, right? And everyone had different approaches. If you imagine being a professional and someone comes up to you, hey, man, oh, you work at Konami? And your answer is like, yeah, I work at Konami. And he's like, can you get me a job? Like, who, who yeah. are you? What do I owe yeah. you? That Stop bothering me. Your second question to me is, can I get you a job? I'm going to put my neck out on the line to bring in somebody who his second thing that he said to me was, can you get me a job? Yeah, I don't. I really don't <laughs> understand that. And it actually happened a couple of times when I used to work at Crazy Pixel, my very first job. Is like the same people that wouldn't talk to me, like ever, would then start talking to me because I had a job, and they're just mm-hmm. like, "Hey, what's up, man? Like, how's it going? Like, how's work? How's this?" And then as soon as I get laid off, they're just they're they're, they're nowhere found. And I just I just never got that that mentality of like, it, either either you want to hang out with me or you don't want to hang out with me. And it's like it shouldn't be because of my status. That's one of the things that I had when I was actually working at like um, uh, ILM. Mm-hmm. The ILM for that short period of time, like maybe eight months, seven months. But like, as soon as that happened, like my my LinkedIn and like my Facebook <laughs> was blowing up with people that would never fuck with me ever. And it was just like it was the weirdest thing because I was like, my art didn't suddenly just get super good overnight. It's been yeah. kind of like this mediocre this entire time. So why are you like, hey, Caleb, what's up, man? I haven't <laughs> talked to you for a while, but hey, dude, I saw someone. I'm just like, dude. You've never talked to me. You've never reached out to me. You've never give a fuck. Like, <laughs> like you, do you think that I'm that dumb that I don't know like what yeah. you're trying to do? It's just, it's just like it's one of the things I didn't like about working at a big studio. It's just like the amount of dick writing that happens. Yeah. Like even I feel bad when I know someone at a big studio and they're looking for something. I'm like, hey, do you know anyone? But like even then, I'm like, I feel so dirty. And I'm like, but I remember, like, okay, we're friends. Like I do yeah. talk to this guy. Yeah. So it's like. But like at least like at least ask me how my family's doing. At least at least like kind of take me out on a date first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before you try and fuck me. At least like at least take me out, like buy me a drink, like you know, give me yeah. some stick first. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. It's the LinkedIn uh, effect. I think everybody, yeah. We were just talking about that, Al. Anyone would uh, just come out of the bushes anytime yeah, just, that status change. Yeah, like I when I was there they had just announced the Star Wars. Yeah, and uh, they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna work on like the new Star Wars films." And I was there at the time, and then all of a sudden, like all these messages, like, "Dude, working on Star Wars? Are they looking for someone? Looking for someone? Looking for someone?" And I was just like, uh, "I don't know, dude." <laughs> like it's just like, and even if they were, like, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't think anyone ever goes and they go, "Hey, I'm looking for a job," and they're like, "Oh shit, you are, dude. We'll totally hire you, right?" Like if someone wants you, they'll come and get you. Like, yeah, that's just find the, way the industry is like Definitely. no one. You you never like email someone and be like, "Hey, I'm looking for a job." They're like, "Oh shit, I forgot. We are looking to hire someone. We'll hire you. <laughs> if they want you, they'll get you. Like, don't be pushy about it." But well, you know what? Now's our opportunity to tell all those cheap ass friends that try to use that that basic level association as rapport to get them a freaking job. Stop doing that shit. <laughs> Well, I, I think here's the thing is, like, be nice to everyone. Yeah. Even if you think, like, unless you know for a fact they're going to be a complete fucking loser, like, just be nice to everyone. Because you never know when that person might be in a position of power. Yeah. And, and that, that may sound kind of, like, fucked up, and that may sound kind of, like, 
like conniving, like whatever. But like you should not say anyone in already. But that, that that shouldn't be the only reason why not to someone. But you should be kind to someone because that person may be the person recommending you a job yeah. uh, later on. And so I think I think that's what the case is. So like like just just be just be kind. I think just be kind and be like be thought or just be be genuine. Like if you really want to hang out with someone, check in with people. Like I check with people all the time on Facebook. People that I think that are my friends. That I'm like these are generally my friends. And I never ask for anything. Just yep. check in. Just be like, hey, dude, what's going on? Let me hang out. Like I think that's what it's about. Just be genuine. It's like, yeah, just do as Emmerich says. Just build up that ass armor. Make <laughs> yeah. sure you <laughs> the ass armor. Tick, tick. He is like Alan Emmerich, uh, one of the best gamers that he's ever had. And working on my own game now, like all the stuff that he was telling me, like it's all come together. Totally, yeah, totally rings true. I'm like, shit, I should have paid more attention in that class. But regardless, like his stories, the way he taught, like very inspiring. And it's sad that that the school doesn't recognize that, and they they let him go for whatever reason. So I, I just feel bad for the future students that won't get to have him because he's yeah. definitely made a big, a big impact uh, in my, in my career and working in games. So Alan Emmerich, if you're listening to that dude, like, you know, uh, thanks for all the inspiration, man. Like Amen. that's it's dope. Yeah. I second that. He, uh, it's the whole reason why I stayed in design. And I, I believe that I love it so much was just cause he was one of the first people to introduce game design to me, you know? Yeah. He's he's passionate. He's passionate, and like you could tell, he really loved it. And I think, as teachers, you don't see that very often. Some nowadays, and it's yeah. like, you know, so I really, I really, I really wish him the best. I hope he lands on his feet. I hope he finds something. I hope someone will, will will grab him up quickly, and 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 you know, give him what he deserves, which is you know his own class. You know, pay him what he deserves because the guy's been doing it for a while. He's got he's got too much knowledge. So. Yeah. Um, if they were to fire anyone, I'm not sure why they fired, why they let him go. I was like, there's any guy to, to not let go. It'd probably be that dude, but hey, yeah. I know. who knows? Well, let's, uh, let's go back to, um, to school. Like, um, like what decided, like what kind of path, like a lot of people are listening right now who are wondering how, how they go about freelancing. Like, it's just something we've always thought about, but, uh, from, there was really just no place to go if you want to start freelancing, right? Mm-hmm. So how how did you get into that? Uh, how did you sustain it? Uh, what tips do you have uh, for someone who is interested in doing a little bit of supplemental income to to do freelance? I think freelance is kind of an interesting thing. Um, to be to to be fair, most of my freelance comes through um, being affiliated with Robot Pencil, and mm-hmm. that and that in turn becomes being affiliated with AJ. And AJ Anthony Jones, if um, for those of you who don't know, shout he's, out, like right, he's just like the uh, the Kobe Bryant, LeBron James right now <laughs> character creature art. So everyone knows who he is, and he's like, or I guess the Michael Jordan, and I'm the Scottie Pippen, right? Okay. I'm, just, I'm just the I right like that. I like that. That's been a part of it. So like, it's it's easy for me to get my 20 points when <laughs> I have Michael Jordan just passing me the ball when he gets too busy, right? It's yeah. it's so in that regard, it it. Um, He's opened a lot of doors for me, but um, I still have to have the skills to make that shot, you know, to make those points when he gives me the ball. Yeah. And so um, most of it has come through him and through him, but definitely we definitely worked together at a lot of things. And I think the biggest thing was was being a part of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, freelance is hard because no one ever posts about it. Um, I've, I don't think I've ever applied for a freelance job. Almost all freelance comes to me through via email. Mm-hmm. And they just go, hey, I heard, I, I found your work. I like it. I want to hire you. And um, I think if you're an active member in the community and you're constantly kind of being 
at the forefront of what's happening, whether you're posting on Facebook, Instagram, uh, going to events, meeting people. Like it's a lot of networking and it's a lot of just keeping your work updated. And I think all those things combined together helps get your name out there and then people want to, people want want you to give get work. And so I would say um, to get your name out there, um, a lot of that has to do with where you work originally. So AJ, for example, was popular, got very, very popular when he started working at Sony Santa Monica. But a lot of people have worked at Sony Santa Monica, but why is AJ so famous? Well, I feel like AJ like leveraged his his status at working such a big company, working on a very big uh, video game like God of War. Mm-hmm. He then used that as a way to propel his career mm-hmm. as like to do workshops, to teach, to start doing stuff. So he didn't just sit on the idea of, hey, I'm working at a very big company. I'm just going to sit and do nothing. It was like, I'm working at a big company. I would now use that as a way to propel my career and and build my brand. So now it's not just I. He's Anthony Jones working at Sony. Uh, he's Anthony Jones. Yeah. Right. It's like that kind of thing. And I, I try my best to do that when I was at ILM. So I didn't want to be a person that's just like, oh, he's Kalen works at ILM. It's like no, he's Kalen. Like yeah. he just does what he does. Yeah. So if you want to get freelance, a lot of it is just getting your name out there. Um, you can compete in contests, you know, beat people in contests, like um, go to all the events that are happening. And then I think the biggest thing is just constantly posting work, good work, and putting it where people can see. If you if you, if you you post good shit and put it where people can see it, people will want to hire you. Mm. Um, now, how consistent that will be, that really depends. But when you find good clients, you, you, you get a hold of them, you, you keep hold of them. And then you you work with them, and then you just make sure that they're always happy, so that way they always want to come back to you. So, for me, the the freelance comes and comes and goes, um, but when it comes, it, when it rains, it pours. But then I think the the bigger the bigger part is just having some way or something a way to keep active when when the freelance isn't coming through. And I think that's a big thing too, because sometimes the freelance, unless you're like AJ, like he's always busy with freelance, but me not so much. So I have to do other things. Um, so my income or work on projects that will get me income in the future. Mm-hmm. So, so, oh, sorry. All right, fuck it. Dead air. I got this. Caitlin Chalk, there's one thing that I've seen floating around the internet a lot. A lot of my freelance friends, artists, kind of chime in whenever they see these. But a lot of people who are looking for freelance or who are looking for art will kind of give you that okie doke. Hey, we don't have budget for art. But, you know, we can give you some exposure if you work on this project. When you see that coming, what's normally your response at this stage in the game? Uh, for me, uh, I've, I feel like I've worked, um, I have enough experience where I can say I don't need that. So there, there's two things, like here's, here's my theory on, on doing work. If I'm not going to get paid for it, it better make me super fucking famous. Like I bet <laughs> some work for like on Super Bowl where like my name is like on TV, like something which would never happen, of course. Or um, or the or the alternative is that the work that I do is super lame, super dumb, right? But I get paid a lot of money for it. So it's like if I if I'm working on like Hello, Hello Kitty Island Adventure, right? I always use that example, mm-hmm. right? I'm not gonna put that in my portfolio. But I better be getting like a six figure salary to work on that shit because I don't want to do it, right? Yeah. But if I'm but if I'm not gonna get paid that much, aka um my game that I'm working on with John Leach, 
right? I don't get paid anything, really. It's like he gave me an income for the past six months, for the six months. After that, we've just been kind of, we've been working for free, both of us. Mm-hmm. But I know that that's going to make me very, very well known because when that game comes out and it kills it and it says art, it's just going to say Kalen. Yeah. And then when I go to these conventions and stuff like that, people are going to be like, oh, shit, you're the guy that made that game, right? A good example was like Dan Paladin, right, from uh, yeah, Castle from Crashers. Castle Crashers. Yeah, everyone knows his the name. The guy that, he's the guy that made Castle Crashers, right? Like that's what I'm trying to be. I'm trying to go to that Dan Paladin level of like I created this awesome game by myself. It was just me and then my programmer, John Reed, which he would be the Tom, the Tom Folk guy. Right? Tom Folk. Oh, uh, yeah. See, it's like the Newgrounds so that, team. That, that's a good example. So it's like. I'm not when I work on Liege day to day. I'm not making any money off of that, but I know it's an investment to my career that right. came out there, and then people will be like, "Shit, like I made a game by himself." And yeah. if the game flops. I can at least sell the assets that all I made. All <laughs> so it's like there's there's like a smart business and career path behind it that yeah. I do. So that's my thing. It's like if, I don't, if no one cares about it, I better get paid. If not, it better it better at least push my career forward. And so for people, like if you're a beginning artist, I, don't, I actually don't mind uh, taking on free work because actually to me, that's kind of like, like a sports analogy. It's like a scrimmage. There's like kind of like a low stakes because like if you fuck up, it's not really – they can't get mad at you for free work, right? You can't get mad at charity. Right. <laughs> it's charity, right? So if you, haven't, if you don't have a lot of experience like doing that kind of stuff – yeah, do some pro bono free, free work client work. You can put it in your portfolio and like you have the ability to fuck up. So that way, if you do get to those bigger companies like like yeah. the Blizzards, Naughty Dog, and stuff like that, yeah. you kind of you kind of like played a few games, and now you know that when you get in the game, you're not going to fuck it up. Uh-huh. You would you would never like get take a guy like fresh off the bench and put him starting like you know what I mean like starting quarterback right and yeah. be like hey you got out of college no experience all right dude you're starting quarterback we'll figure it out right and not play any games like he's gonna fuck it up in a, in a pretty big way so it's like why not have preseason right scrimmage games mm-hmm. like it doesn't count towards anything so if you fuck up it, do, it doesn't doesn't affect your um your, your season uh, doesn't affect your season and also d- d- doesn't affect your uh your reputation yeah. right because our industry if you fuck up like it can it can really it can haunt you for years you know what i mean so it's just like you don't want to be known for working at a big studio and fucking up you know so that's why i feel like um, doing that kind of freelance uh like free freelance is actually a good thing when you're first starting out but I think some people do like the like the oh I won't I won't try unless I'm getting paid. It's like you should try whether you're getting paid or not. Like I'm not getting paid for Liege, so like oh should I not try then? It's yeah. like you should you should give your all with, with with whatever you do. Whatever you do, you should like you should want to do it and and do it for free if you have to because you love it so much. So like um, I think as long as there's good intent behind it, it's fine. But for the people that go to me like. Like I get it every day. Like someone goes on DeviantArt and they're like, "Hey man, I got this project. Uh, can't pay you right now, but maybe like forty percent or something like that, like twenty percent." And I'm like, "So like you can't pay me right now, but you want me to do work so that you can make money, and then I might get money later." It's like yeah. and they always tell me, "But oh, it's a for sure thing. It's a for sure thing." And I'm like, "All right, if it's a for sure thing, then why don't you go get funding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then pay me to do it, right?" So that, that's 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 the difference between why I work with John and why I don't work with other people. Right? That's why I fuck with John because John was like, "All right, I don't know how to do art. I don't know how to do animation. I don't know how to write stories. But I'm gonna do all these things. I'm gonna learn it all. I'm gonna do it all. I'm gonna make a, a make a fucking game prototype, and then I'm gonna show it to an artist and be like, "Hey, I've already done all of this. 
So this is how serious I am. I quit my job. I got us funding. All I need is for you to say yes and let's go. If someone did that, then I'm like, all right, let's do that. Because now I know you're serious. Yeah. Like that you're that you're legit. But if you're some freaking like 16 year old DeviantArt kid that's just like, yeah, they got the script and uh, I just need everyone to just make my game for me so I can yeah. be a millionaire. It's like, <laughs> you. like you don't know, like you don't understand. And so that's what I think it, it comes down to is like John showed that he was passionate and that he was serious. So as long as people are passionate and they're serious and there's promise in the project, uh, I don't mind working uh, pro bono for something, like meaning not getting paid. But when I see the artwork of the, of the project people are coming at me with, it's terrible. And I'm just like, do you really think that I'm going to join you and just be like, oh, yeah, dude, I wasn't doing anything. I'll totally work for free for like 12 hours a day for you. Like, I don't – it's – again, that's when you know someone's not serious or that they don't know the industry very well. So well, to them, I'm just like, yeah, fuck you. So now that I know you work pro bono, uh, I got this project that I've been kicking around. I want <laughs> yeah. to tell you about. This and reminds me of a project. You know what? I don't have much money. Friend, I will always hear you out, but I'll be real with you. If I don't think it's tight, then I'm going to say no. That's just the way. You know, like, I'll give anyone a fair shot, but you know, it has to be within, within reason and within my time frame. And like, if it works out, we do it. But like, if it's not, then I'll be like, nah, dude, that's whack. <laughs> like, like I'll, I'll be real with you about it. So like, but I, I think that goes for anyone. I mean, like any any amazing company that's ever started, people probably worked pro bono. You know, they probably didn't get paid for it, but they saw the potential in it, and they're like, "Dude, I'm going to be rich." So fuck it. You know, it's, it's an investment. It's like anything else. There's risk. Yeah, risk and reward has to be equal. Yeah, as long it as doesn't it, have to be monetary. It just has to be somewhat of advantage to you, where you can go about it without anybody yeah. being. Like the, the risk has to be all around. Like yeah. if you're the only, if I'm the only one taking the risk by wasting my time and you don't get anything. So for you, if it doesn't work out, you're like, all right, then I don't do anything. I didn't pay for the work, right? I didn't pay for anybody. So I don't have any risk. It's like, no, you have to be in it as well. You have to be in the boat with me. So AKA, you got to give me the money. So AKA, <laughs> like there's a risk here as well. So if you fuck up, you have out. something to lose. Yeah. You got something to lose too. As opposed to me being in the boat, like him being in the boat and me just swimming, like, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you have to show that you're yeah, you're down for the risk as well. And I think most people don't understand that simple concept, and that's why they're probably wondering, like, why don't people like take my projects? <laughs> well, yeah, this is also a lot of people that are waiting around, pretty much. Uh, once you're you're waiting, you're kind of waiting for other people to do the work that you are not willing to put in, and people can recognize that. And yeah, in the it's, end, it's just nothing's exactly. going to be done. That's the one reason I worked with John is just because he had already created a game. He did the art. I'm like, you learn how to like you learn Photoshop. He's like, yeah, I learned it. I didn't know how to do it, but I just figured it out so so I could do it. You know, I'm like, this guy's dedicated. I'm like, you learn animation. He's like, yeah, I learned animation. It's like, yeah, all right, we're we're gonna do this because that now I know that if shit gets real, like you're gonna make this project happen no matter what. You're not gonna be like, oh, I can't do it because I don't have a writer, or oh, I can't do it because I don't have a I don't have an animator. Like you're gonna get it done. It's like it's one of those things where you want to you want to come to the table as like this is happening with you or without you. You could either come along for the ride or not. And most people come to me as like this can't happen without you. So mm-hmm. please join and you might get some money. But John came to me like I'm gonna make this game regardless. If you want it on it, you can jump in the ship. I'm already in the boat. I'm already heading off. And I think when you come with that attitude, then it's like okay, this person's like. It's going on without me. So yeah. at this point, I'm just going to join the, you know, join the ride. Yeah, if the boat's waiting for you, you can take your time. But if the boat is going to leave with or without you, you got to run to make that shit. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it's opportunity. Yeah. 
So that's that's the way you got to come at it. It's very interesting that you bring all that up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> since we have you here and we can dissect your decisions and your career moves, how in the hell did your art take you to Spain? Because I want to go to Spain. I can't draw for shit, but if you can lay out like a path that I can take so I can get there, I'm sure me and all the rest of the watchers and listeners right now would appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, like one of the biggest things uh, as far as like any artist that would want is like the traveling. Like a lot of us would be crunching all the time, but no one would have the time to go anywhere except for like two weeks. So how were you able to work abroad? You're vacationing and working. I mean, that's just one of the biggest things I admire about you. Um, that one was through AJ again. Now, granted, I'm probably like, AJ, AJ does everything for you. I did get him his first job. So I could, <laughs> I could hold over his head for a little bit for like two seconds. And he's like, but I still scored 40 points. Like, whatever. Um, me and AJ were working together at Crazy Pixel. Um, people probably know that infamous company. Um, it went under. And we were both working on our portfolios. And uh, what happened was AJ got a job at Sony Santa Monica. And when that happened, his name blew up, right? It was just like, because Sony Santa Monica was very, very good at promoting their artists. And so um, uh, one day, while he's, while he's working at Sony Santa Monica, he gets a call, an email from a guy from Spain. And he's like, hey, you know, I want to hire you. Come to Spain. We'll hang out. We'll, do, we'll, we'll make a game together. And he's like, dude, I'm not Sony, dude. Like, I'm not leaving. Like, this is like my dream job. But here are some friends that are currently looking for work. And if you're down, I'll give you their portfolio. And he was like, okay, sure. So he gave the portfolio of me, uh, Daniel Garcia, who uh, I think is currently still working at Treyarch. I think he works at Treyarch. And then uh, Edgar Cardona, who works at Machine Zone in the Bay Area, um, which is near me. And he gave us all three portfolios. And I guess he liked them all. And he was like, I want to hire all three of these guys right now to come to Spain. So I was laid off, and I was kind of taking a break. I was playing, I think I was playing Call of Duty. I was playing Modern Warfare 2. I didn't play any video games for a while. And then AJ gives me a call, and he's just like, hey, man. His deep voice, he goes, hey, I, uh, it's a guy from Spain. He wants to hire you to go to Madrid. Um, he's going he's gonna to give you a call in a little bit. And I'm just like, get the fuck out of here, dude. And I just hung up on him, right? I was just like, this guy is fucking lying, right? So I got a phone call, and it says like plus 6-4, right? Like the weird like, country code. I'm like, what the... I answer, and I answer it, and there's a guy, and it's like, hello, is this, uh, is this Colin? So in Spain, they can't say Kalen, they say Colin. Is this Colin? And I'm like, uh, yeah. He's like, this is Jesus. I work for a company in Spain. I want to hire you. And I was like, all right, dude, he fucking put you up to this. Like, this is AJ. Like, what, what's going on here, dude? He's like, oh, I do, I do not know what you're talking about, but uh, <laughs> to hire you? Is that okay? And I was just like, oh, shit, this guy's fucking for real. So, um, uh, he he wanted to fly us out for two weeks. Me, AJ, I mean me, uh, Danny Garcia, and Edgar Cardona. They want to fly us out for two weeks. Check out the studio, work with them for a little bit, and hang out. And so I was like, "Well, I'm not doing anything. So at best, I get a free trip to Spain <laughs> for two weeks." Yeah. So they flew us out like first class, and we worked there. And actually, one of my high school mates uh, from Huntington Beach High School was living there in Madrid uh, going to university. He was going to Cal State Fullerton, but he's in the study abroad program. And so he found out that I was there for two weeks and was like, let's hang out. So during that two weeks, he showed me all of Spain, all of Madrid, and I was like, wow, I'm used to this. So it was very lucky that I had like high school friends that were already there, yeah. like kind of hanging out. And so he showed me around and I was like, all right, let's do this. So we got back and we accepted the offer. And then we had to, well, the hardest part was getting the work visa because that's like the the most bitch. Like I I now feel for anyone that wants to come to America that doesn't live in America, 
Like, if, if it's hard for me to go to Spain, it must be a bitch to come to America. Yeah. Um, Let's expand on that. Like, what, what was that like? Like, is it just acquiring a work visa? Uh, yeah, so, like, they have a lot of laws, like, that they have to hire Spanish people first, kind of like what we have. Right. But they had to prove that my skill was unique enough to, like, want to hire me. So I had to get all this paperwork. So I had to get, all, I had to get like, FBI, like, background check, make sure I didn't kill anybody, like, all this kind of stuff. And then I had to get it all translated in Spanish. And then I had to get it notarized, and I had to get it um, the documents approved at the consulate of Spain, which is in the heart of LA. So it's this traffic city, hmm. and, they, and they they close at like twelve, like some random ass shit. It was so dumb. And so like every time we went, we had we, like some document wasn't right, or something wasn't official. And so it took about three months, I think, for us yeah. to finally go. And then um, next thing you know, like uh, it was a it was a big risk actually. Like I was actually pretty scared because I was like. Dude, can we really trust these guys? Are we gonna get killed or something? You know what I mean? Like some like yeah. some taking shit. Like I thought that's gonna happen, and I was just like, but we don't have an apartment, right? We don't have anything. Like yeah. all we have is their word and some Spanish contract that they're gonna pay us. And so, did you did you speak Spanish at all before all this? Uh, was that a concern spoke, at all? I spoke uh, Mexican Spanish <laughs> from high school, but Castellano, like like Castellano Spanish and like yeah. Catalonia, that shit is like it's completely different. Like there's no. Like it's it's so different that it's like it's super hard. So, was I didn't that a concern anything. at all? Uh, uh, yes, it was. But luckily, Danny and Edgar were fluent Mexican well, speakers, yeah. so they were enough to get by. So I was like, well, I'll just stick near them. And yeah, <laughs> I'll just figure out how to order beers and food, and I'll be good. And so um, we we moved there, and then we stayed in a hostel for two weeks while we, while, while we found a place, and then we finally got a place. And actually, we actually got a we actually got a roommate, which a guy named Rob, who was a British guy who got hired there too. So it was pretty much all English people in one house. And mm-hmm. then we found a place, and then that was that. We started working there um, for pretty much a year, um, which was really weird because everyone wanted to talk to me in English. I wanted to learn Spanish, so mm-hmm. it was really, so I didn't I didn't use that much Spanish only when I was out in the city. Um, I, I was actually I actually got pretty good for a while, but now I'm terrible. But I need to go back. So I mean, I made a lot of great friends there. But ever since then, like it was just travel, 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 travel. So um, they're very big on their vacations and not overworking themselves. So um, I got a chance to take like, a lot like of how different exactly. All right. Like, so what like, is the the biggest difference yeah. that you saw? So like all right. So I'll give you a scenario. Right. So Larry, if you're crunching at Sledgehammer, right? Yeah. You want to take a vacation? What do you have to do? Uh, first thing I have to do is go to my boss and request when I want to take the vacation, put that through. He would have to approve it. Once I got the approval, then I'd have to let the team know what days I'd be out and then I could take the vacation. Most likely it wouldn't be any sort of big vacation, especially if it was during crunch. We're talking like, uh, you know, Thursday through Monday. It's probably pretty cool. I could probably do that. Yeah. And so you have to do all that stuff, right? You got to ask for it. And then what would you probably do before you left? Would you probably work overtime? Oh, I would have to make sure that my work was caught up before I left and then so. For exactly. Sure. So if your work wasn't caught up, you couldn't go. You, right? so you, you could buy the ticket, but there's a, but there's a chance. That you, you could buy your ticket to go to, like, I don't know, fucking Puerto Rico. Yeah. But there's a chance that you may not be able to go. But they'd be like, yo, Larry, we need you to stay. Uh, yeah. I, right? actually, I actually went through some shit like that around Christmas time, but I'll just – I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't actually. You, such you planned fun. some shit, right? But yeah. they were like, uh, "Okay, you might be able to go." Right? With Spain, they can't do that. So it 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 freaking it freaked me the fuck out, right? So I was one one day, right? My girlfriend at the time, uh, 
she was coming she was coming to live with me so i was like hey man um i want to take her to portugal so can i take thursday and monday off i'm like but don't worry though i'm gonna come in on tuesday i'm gonna come in on wednesday i'm coming on Mon- like you know monday mm-hmm. and i'm gonna do all the work you know i'm gonna do this this and that this and this and that this and that you know it's gonna be quick i'll have my phone on me in case you need me and he was just like yeah sure and i was like what for real you sure and he's like yeah and I'm like, but I'll come in early, though. I'll do the work. He's like, don't worry about it. And I was like, what do you mean don't worry about it? He's like, well, someone else do it. And I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. And then it like, and then this was like three weeks before. So like, as the week comes up, I'm like, hey, man, just remember, you know, I'm going to Portugal. So like, I could stay later. And he's like, Kylan, stop, stop worrying about it. You can Colin. go. Kylan, <laughs> like, tranquilo. Like, it means like, relax, you know? And I'm like, Okay, then like like even even like the day of, I'm like, all right, guys, like I'm not gonna be here tomorrow, so like, <laughs> don't like don't freak out. <laughs> and then the people were just like, dude, shut the fuck up and go. <laughs> and then like I just realized that's part of their culture that like you just hand them the slip, you say when you're gonna be gone, and then you have 20 days of vacation. As soon as I look at that, they go, okay, you now 26. Damn. And that was it. Like, and I was like, like this is fucking. I thought like I was gonna get fired when I came back. Like, I had my phone on me. It took me a while to get used to it. Like, my phone was on me. I'm like, what if they call me, you know? No calls. And it's just one of those things that, like, their culture where, like, it's very common for them to go on two weeks vacation and just be like, well, what's well, like, who's going to do it when you're gone? They're like, I don't know. Somebody. <laughs> Somebody. Now, granted, granted their, their, their work ethic isn't, like, the greatest. So, like, they're kind of slow in terms of, like, bumping, like, pushing out things on, like, fast. But they live longer. They are, they are very, they are very, like, <laughs> They are they are not stressed. And yeah. the, the other thing that freaked me out too is that like you worked from like eight thirty to five thirty. At five thirty, everyone is gone. So, <laughs> like there's no like so again. So the first like the first couple of days, right? I'd be like at five forty five, and they're like, "Colin, let's go." And I'm like, yeah. "No, no, no, I'm gonna finish. It. I'm gonna finish it." They're like, "No, no, finish it tomorrow, man. Let's go." And I turn around, and like the the office is empty. Wakeham, <laughs> Wakeham pens are spinning. Yeah, but like where did the, and the guy's like, I want to close up so I can go the fuck home, and I'm just like, oh shit, and then like I'm like, hey guys, like next day, like hey, you guys want to stay late and let's do some art talks? We'll like we'll talk about art, we'll do demos. And they're like, nah, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna go have wine with my family, and I'm like, all right. And it's just it's the weirdest thing that at like five thirty, everyone just bounces, and it's just like no one works overtime. It's like you just work from that time, like it's a job to them, and. And learn, and having that kind of that kind of release where I could just go to like travel is awesome. So like I would just go. I'd always be looking on flights online, like Ryanair.com, which is like the JetBlue of Europe. And I'd be like, oh shit, Morocco. All right, dude, we're going to Morocco. And I just give them my give them my two weeks and be like, hey, I'm going to Morocco. And they're like, all right. So I was in like Morocco, Morocco, Portugal, Paris, like you name it, like every other week, just spending money. And then too, like you don't you don't spend a lot of money there. Cause you don't have a car, right? Food's cheap, and then you don't. They're not like in America. We're very consumerism kind of society. In Spain, like you just have fun, just like walking around the city, you know, right. doing free stuff. So it's like a very different lifestyle. So um, uh, for me, it was pure by luck. But I would say a lot of times now there are plenty of there are plenty of places that are looking for um, Western style of artists, but no one wants to move. Mm-hmm. You're saying that there's a lot more opportunities oh, now. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There's like there's always people looking for Western style artists. Let's do it like right now, like what's hot right now is China. Right. Like China is like always looking for people. Like when I went to GTC, people were like, Are you willing to move to China? 
I'm like, nope, like not anymore. Like if I was if I was like five years younger, yeah, but not anymore. You know what I mean? There's, there are people always looking for that Western style of art because the way that we do art is very unique, you know, com compared to Korea, China, you know, Germany. So people are always looking for like people to come art direct and stuff like that, but not everyone is willing to take that chance. And some people are just really afraid to do it. And it, it is scary. Like when I did it, I was like, I was kind of like super scared. Like what if it doesn't work out? But eventually I came to the point where it's just like, just save enough money for a plane ticket home. As long as I have that, like. Yeah, it's security, all you need. Mom isn't going anywhere, right? I'm already living at home. Like, yeah. fuck it. Like, let's just do it. And then once I did it, it was probably one of the best months I ever had in my life. Like traveling, meeting other artists, meeting other cultures, like, um yeah dude like if you want to go abroad just start applying for companies abroad uh make friends at like i would just go to their events you know like they had that trojan horse unicorn thing recently at some like island like in some like bahamas island or something like that like go to their events and go visit like go visit studios go do stuff um if you really want to work abroad i highly recommend it if you're young like there's a lot of a lot of great things you can learn um um, from working abroad, just culture-wise, just things you never knew about the world. Like, it's, like, the world's so comfortable in Irvine. But, like, once you go abroad to, like, Morocco and, like, other places, you're just like, holy shit, like, the, like I am so small compared to, like, what's out here. Yeah, your perspective and your yeah. way of everything is gone. Yeah, like, going to Morocco is probably one of the biggest things I ever noticed. Because Morocco, right, like Muslim, you know, that kind of stuff, right, the Quran. And, you know, what, what from what America portrays that to be like and then what it really is when you go there, it's like, it's like night and day. They're like the kindest fucking people I've ever met in my entire life, right? But when you see, when you see online, it's like all this like terrorist shit and whatever. And I'm like, dude, it's full of shit. Like, if you meet people that are just like normal people, they're super nice. But then it's like, again, like I never knew that, right? Just growing up in California all my life, like you ha your perspective changes. And it's good. It, it helps you in your art. So... It's amazing that you get to travel the world and be creative and, you know, and create this art for these companies and meet all these people. So that's, that's a huge benefit. Uh, but, you know, I'm assuming freelance isn't always easy. Uh, can you maybe walk us through some of the challenges or difficulties in doing full-time freelance? Um, I guess the biggest challenge is probably just staying consistent. That's probably the challenge that everyone faces. It's just having consistent work and then finding good clients. Because um, at least when you work for a studio, that's the one thing I do miss about studios. So, like, um, I, I, I go through this phase where, like, I want to work at a studio again. And then I see that you guys are, like, crunching and have to, like, wake up on time. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck that. Um, but a lot of times, but we're for a studio, though, you're with that same art director for, like, you know, year, year in and years out. So you, you, get, you get to know him. So then, like, you know what he likes, you know what he doesn't like. So now you can kind of leverage your time a little bit more. And get away with shit because you're like, well, I know he's gonna like this, so I can do this, 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 and this. Yeah. But when you have like clients that you don't know very well, you're working for them for the first time, that that learning phase of the relationship can be kind of hard because you know how they communicate their ideas or what they mean by something as opposed to what someone else means, you know. Like you could say more stylized, and I know exactly what it means because I've, I've known you for a while. Someone else could be more stylized, right? And then I'm like, I have no idea what that means, and it's all context. So it's a lot harder to understand context, and then it's a lot harder to find good clients because freelance it's like a, it's like it's like a new girlfriend like every day, right? And they're gonna be some good girlfriends and some crazy ass girlfriends that you don't ever want to deal with again, right? It's like online dating, right? Um, 
and so that's probably the hardest part. And so the, the, the best thing I could say is that when you find the good one, is like just do so well by them that, that they'll never let you go, that whenever they have work, they'll always give it to you. And so that's that's my thing is that a lot of my clients now are kind of like recurring clients that I may I may only see them like once every six months, but I know that that when that time comes, they're gonna give me the work over somebody else. And so and so if you have enough of those kind of clients like spread out throughout the year, you'll always kind of have work, I would say. So, so this kind of segues um, into another question that I have. Uh, a lot of the things that we want to achieve with this podcast is that to help developers realize their single point of failure, having a single income. Uh, even with a AAA company, uh, you're making good money. But at any point, it's an at-will contract. Uh, I mean, you're being able to let go for, for any reason. So the thing that you're touching upon is creating the multiple uh, income stream, like being able to touch on different stuff, but using the same skills that you've set uh, and learned throughout your, your years in the industry. Like if I'm someone uh, who's working at a full-time job right now, what would you recommend for me to uh, dip my toes in without quitting fully? Um, I would say start figuring out a way to leverage what you have. Um, that always scares me when people work at AAA Studios and they're making all that money because it's like, yeah, you work there, but at any point in time, they can let you go. Yeah. And so it's weird for me when people that work at those studios, they're, they're not either working on their portfolios, A, or they're not trying to like build their brand or work on their own stuff. Um, and I'm not sure why that is. Like to me, like I just can't picture myself being 50 working for some dude. Like I just like I've seen people like that that are just like that old and they're just doing the same shit day in and day out. And it's like their life is in the palm of some dude's uh, in the palm of some dude's hand who probably doesn't even know who he is. Yeah. And at any point in time, they could be like, it's just like a name, like, 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 like Larry said, it's a name on an Excel sheet. Like, yeah, that guy, Larry Charles. Yeah, we'll, we'll fire him. Let yeah. him go. You know what I mean? And then you're gone. Like, <laughs> no, exactly. Like, what you mean. We were just talking about that. I mean, it's like, it's they don't, like, like, they don't give a fuck about you, unfortunately. And so, like, as long as you, as long as you know that going in, you should be fine. But there's some, some people that don't understand that. And so for right. me, um, having multiple revenue streams is awesome because then, uh, I feel like I can't be taken advantage of, and I feel like I always have leverage. And so I always tell I always tell Brandon like it's not what you deserve, it's what you have the leverage to negotiate for, you know. And so, like at any point in time, like uh, you know, like AI or whatever a company could fire me, and I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't care because I have three other things. Yeah. Like I could lose one of these things, one of my jobs, and it wouldn't matter. I still have plenty of other things. That's some of our revenue streams, and I'm working on my own stuff to be more independent. So it's like that—that's the beauty of it. Is this like now I can demand things. Now I can be more honest about things. I'm not always scared of my job. I can be real about it because I don't have to worry about being let go because it's not the end of the world. Like some people, like they don't say things because they're like, "Oh, I don't want to get let go because this is all I have." But then right. it's almost like being like a guy with like a bunch of side chicks. Yes, yeah. like a girl's like, "I'm gonna leave you," and you're just like, "Fine." Like, what's your name again <laughs> yeah what's your name again like i already got like eight side pieces like i'm good right you know what i mean it's like it's like that kind of mentality we're not not to be cocky but it's like um you know if, if you are working at AAA studio like yeah make the money and save it but just i would say like you should be already working on your own stuff like if you can but again some people don't want to do that and i think that's a big thing to t- touch on too is not everyone wants to be like kind of an entrepreneur freelance guy some people want to just work for the same company day in and day out and that's totally fine 
Um, but if you're the kind of person where you want to be more independent and be more financially stable, then I would say, yeah, like start start writing your own scripts, start doing your own comics, start doing your own thing. Like that's that's what it comes down to. Like for me, all the stuff that I do is the ends of the means so I can work on my own shit, aka my own video game. So I think as long as as long as you have kind of like a bigger goal in mind, I think you'll be fine. But yeah, it, it is it is it is kind of scary to me that like some people work like at big studios, but like they never like work on their own stuff or whatever. And I've seen it happen. I've seen people that have worked at a company for like twelve years and they get laid off and they have no idea what the fuck to do. Yeah. Because they've lived and breathed that company for so long and they weren't working on their own stuff and now they're struggling like every day. Now they're outdated. Yeah, they're outdated. So that's why I think the biggest thing is like always keep your match sharp. That's what I always try to do. That's what I do. All right, so we are 52 minutes into the podcast, and we've got some bills to pay. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, drink some water, do some jumping jacks, stretch a little bit. When we come back, we're going to bring it home with Kalen Chalk on the Game Dev Unchained podcast. Hey, guys, so it's like this. If you want to make video games in the video game development industry, you want to work for some of the big companies or possibly even start your own, well, you definitely want to check out Game Dev Unchained Game Industry Survival Guide. It's a brand new ebook that we put out just for you. It's going to help you get yourself ready, or if you're already in the industry, help yourself grow, help yourself prosper. Definitely go check out that book. It's on sale for $5.99 at Amazon.com. Hey, welcome back to Game Dev Unchained with Kevin Chalk. Uh, the amazing man that has done it all, working abroad, freelancing. The one thing that we want to touch on is your teaching career. So this is something that I'm a huge uh, supporter uh, for people who've been working in the industry. Uh, a great extra uh, revenue stream that we haven't touched on is teaching. Like, what, what are your thoughts on this? Um, teaching is is really awesome. Like, I enjoy it. Um, I don't really consider a revenue stream for me. Um, yeah, I do make money off of it, but t- I think to me, um, teaching has always been, I mean, you guys know, I mean, you guys went to art school with me and though we are where we are now, like we are what you would consider successful, you know, like we have jobs and we're sustainable, like we can, we can make a living off of what we do. Um, I would say our education could have been better, I think for lack of better terms. And so I feel like I knew that when I when I got into position where I knew enough and I could get back to the community, um, I would do that. And I, I think that everyone should do that at some point in time when you get to a position of, of not so like power but of knowledge. You should share that back. So I think I think what I do with AJ and stuff like that, I do with teaching, is to me to kind of give a student a chance that I never had in terms of learning and to kind of put my stamp on education and kind of make it better. You know what I mean? Like, like what, what didn't I get out of education back in the day? Can I give now to people now? I think that's kind of the thing. I think getting paid is kind of like the bonus part of it. Like if I could be sustainable and not make any money, like teaching, like I would totally do it. Like I go do it for free if, if I really needed to, because I, I enjoy, I enjoy giving back. I think that's kind of the, the thing that me and AJ, I, I think that that's why our career has been so successful because we've always been, cool about giving back I and mean, we've never been secretive about things we've always just kind of given out the information and um yeah i think teaching is awesome i think it's just a way to get back to the community and kind of just give your opinion on what you think it could be better for so one of the things that i know that you're quite famous for because i actually taught alongside you for a little while 
this one quote that even changed my life because I love hearing it. I love how you say it. Can you give us a little bit of detail about it? Kalen Chalk will tell his students that suck isn't a style. <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> I love it. Um, that quote uh, isn't from me, actually. That quote comes from my mentor, uh, our mentor probably, Mike Tracy, who used to teach at the Art Institute of California, Orange County. Booyakasha. And, and uh, he was a background design teacher. He got me into into background design. So that's like why I always kind of revere him as like my ultimate mentor, at least when I was, at least at AI in that terms. And uh, the reason why I saw that happen where a girl did a really bad painting and I was in the class hanging out and she was like, it's my style, it's my style. And she's like, and he was like, you suck too much to have a style. He was like, suck isn't a style. And I was like, damn, like that dude just kept it real right now. And she was quiet. It was like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, you're right. And so I think people are just quick to make excuses. And um, one of the biggest things that changed my life in terms of art and the mentality I had to have, which which is what I try to give my students now, is like I don't really care about necessarily teaching like Photoshop and background design. Anyone can teach that at the end of the day. Like – my job really is just to push people beyond what's, what's expected of them. Like if I like my job is just to push them like mentality wise, to have the right mentality to work hard, to perseverance and not give up. Like that's pretty much what my job is. Like any idiot can teach like Photoshop. Um, but what Mike Tracy did to me one time is he took my painting. I turned it in. It was a shitty painting, by the way. And he put it up on the board, put it up on the projector screen. And he asked, he asked one of the students to give me a grade. So he asked my friend Memo at the time, uh, Guillermo. I was a good artist, too. He's like, Guillermo, uh, give Kalen a grade, right? So I'm looking at Memo like this, like, motherfucker, you better say at least a C, you know? Like, I'm giving him that look, like, help me. Like, help, me help, help me. Help me. Help me, nigga. Help me. Right? <laughs> so, like, uh, he's like, uh, I think like a, like a B minus, C plus. And I'm like, all right, my, my man, my man, right? And then, uh, so then he's like, all right, all right. So then he, he goes, goes on the computer. And he goes to Craig Mullins' web- website. And if you don't know who Craig Mullins is, he's like the godfather of digital concept art, right? Like he's like the first guy that like that did this kind of painterly thing with like Photoshop. Like he's like the king of like digital painting. And so then he took his picture, one of his paintings, and then put 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 it beside my painting. And he said, "All right, so give Kalen a grade now based on if this is an A." And he's like, "Uh." And I was like, I was like, fuck. I'm, I'm fucked. <laughs> and so he's like, uh, like an F. And he's like, yeah. He's like, so Kalen, you get an F. And I was like, oh shit. And he's like, I'm not. And he's like, I'm not really gonna give you an F, but you got an F. And so it was one of those things where like, yeah, he'll give me the C, but it was like, but you should know that this isn't okay, and like that this isn't gonna cut it. And so that was like the real shit I ever heard. And so it was like, like, like with, without, without even really saying anything, he was just pretty much like, you can get by in this class, but when you get out, you have to compete with this guy. And that's pretty much what he said to me in a nutshell. He was like, when you get out, that's who you're competing against. And that like changed. And as soon as, I, as, soon as that happened to me, like my world got fucked. Like I was just like, oh shit, like I am a fraud. Right. And then like so then then that that's when you probably when you guys probably met me is when I was with that angry Kalen that was just like, don't fucking talk to me. I need to get better. And if you're not going to help me get better, then I really don't have time for you. Like, like, fuck the world. Like, I I had to do this. 
And that's the mentality that I had to have. It was like, fuck everybody. Like, anyone, if someone's better than me, like, fuck that. Like, I need to get better than that person. And then that changed my mentality. And it kind of made me, like, kind of cynical and a little bit, like, angry a little bit. But, like, I kind of needed that competitive nature. And I think he brought that out of me, this kind of, like, darker side of, like, feelings that I have. And I think it's what I needed, though. And so suck isn't a style. Like, that's, that's like, one of my mantras. I actually, what I do now is I actually print out people's work and I put it up on the board and I, I line it up. Um, I line it up from like best to worst. And then I just say like, this is the best, this is the worst. And then I put their names underneath it and I just be like, all right, Larry, you're, you're in first. All right, Brennan, you're in last. And yeah. then people are like, oh shit, what? <laughs> if you didn't turn in your homework, then get the fuck out. Right. <laughs> so yeah, suckers in style. It's not me. It's Mike Tracy. Like. Uh, he's the man, one of the best users I ever, I ever had. Definitely shout out to Mike Tracy. Another yeah, one sure. of the, like Alan Emmerich, Mike Tracy, one of the, the juggernauts that I was happy to learn under at the Art Institute of Orange County, California. Yeah, they fired Booyakasha. those guys. I can't believe they did that. Well, Mr. Kalen Chalk, we have cleared an hour on the podcast. We normally go for one hour. And you were such a good sport to come take time out of your schedule to meet with us. It's one thirty-four in the morning. The podcast <laughs> listeners don't know that, but we do. So I actually want to give you some time. If there's anything that you're working on, anything that you want to plug, I know you talked about your game. If you want to get, you know, 30 more seconds to talk about that or, you know, something that you're excited about, the floor is yours, man. You sat with us for an hour. <laughs> Let it rip, dude. Anything you want to talk about. <laughs> I think you guys sat with me for an hour. So thank you for listening to me talk for an hour. But um, um, just Thank you guys for listening. Definitely um, listen to anything that uh, that Brandon and Larry have to say. Uh, I've known these guys for a while. Um, they know their shit, and um, like if if they say it to be true, it's it, just listen to these guys. Like these guys are successful. Um, I, I honestly, I, I like Larry's like my idol. Like he's like that black guy that I wish I was. Uh, <laughs> he's that guy, you know? and, and I wish Larry, I had Brandon's Larry's my guy too. Actually. Yeah, I wish I had Brandon's calves. So like, cause he runs a lot, you know. Like, uh, just listen to these guys, honestly. Like, um, the fact that you wrote a book, you know, like I didn't know that. I was like, oh shit, like I'm gonna buy your book, <laughs> which is weird. Knowing that, knowing, knowing that you could give it to me for free, probably. But yeah, like, if you want a copy, I was just glad. No, 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 but like, I'm gonna buy it. Like, I like legitimately, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna buy this. I'm gonna read it because I, I bet you there's fucking gold in here. Like, that's I'll, like I'll that's how much I, I respect your opinion. So. Um, yeah, listen to these guys, and you know I'll, I'll post. I'll you know I'll give you my link to my work and our mentorship that we teach and stuff like that if you guys are interested. But uh, yeah, just listen, just listen to these guys, um, and, I, and I guarantee if you listen to them, you will be successful. Well, all right, uh, Mr. Brandon Fan, do you have any last questions or requests before we wrap it up? Yeah, thank you for listening and uh, listen to Kalen about listening to us. He has really good advice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank we'll you again, Kalen. Again, we'll have to get AJ on the podcast. Oh yeah. yeah, AJ, anybody, man, but definitely AJ. I want to hear from Michael Jordan. You know, we interviewed Scotty Pippen. Scotty, yeah. you're an all star. Even without Jordan, you make the all star team. But if we can get Jordan on here too, more than happy. Love you, AJ. Love you, Kalen. So proud of what you guys are doing out there for all the students. Just want you to hear that from me personally. You're doing amazing stuff. I follow all your robot pencil updates, and I'm coming out to a mixer because I'm this oh, yeah. close. I got no excuse. <laughs> yeah, you go across the street right over there. Well, yeah. Thank you, thank you for everything, man. This is going to help a lot of people. Just educated a bunch of developers who are looking exactly to what you're doing right now. You're living the dream. Oh, thank you, man. Definitely.
one could do it, man. Just two people, programmer and art. There's no reason why you can't do awesome things nowadays. No excuse. All right, well, uh, I'm going to hang up on you mofos and uh, get some sleep. So, Kalen, thanks again. Brandon, thanks again. You gentlemen, enjoy yourselves. I'm going to go edit this podcast so we can throw it up. Okay, man. All right. All right. We'll see you guys later, man. See ya. Peace. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Game Dev Unchained. That is this week's episode, and we are out. Are out. Are out. Are out.